from the Rock Church of the Bighorns in Sheridan, Wyoming, this is the Rock Church Podcast, where we discuss issues impacting our lives, our families, our communities, and the church from a Christian perspective. Now, here is your host and pastor of the Rock Church, Tri Robinson. Here we are, and this is the Rock Church's first official podcast, so I'm super excited about that. So um, I am here uh, with Jeff and Alicia Clark, who recently traveled to Washington, D.C. Uh, to attend um, a, a prayer call, a prayer march that, uh, that, that was going, actually a couple of them that were going on uh, there at Washington, D.C. So I thought, wow, let's get them in here and let's just talk about what their experience was, what that was like. Um, obviously, we don't all have the opportunity to go and do that, but but we want to hear from from folks in our church that have done this and and, and did get to go experience it. So, uh, Jeff, Alicia, if you would please just kind of maybe let's start out by just telling us what what kind of led up to you jumping on a plane and going to Washington D.C. <laughs> to this big prayer uh, event that was going on. Uh, so I wanted to go and. I can't tell you exactly what led up to it the couple weeks before. Um, for since since uh, March, actually, I've um, been praying and asking the Lord to make me a better intercessor. And some of the things that that's been involved with have been at a national level, some at a local level, certainly the churches in Sharon. And so it was on my heart, <clears throat> praying for our country, our community, our state, our families, the church in general, at a broad level, just the international church has been on my heart for months and months and months. Um, and the Lord has been very faithful in answering my request to just become a better intercessor. And so along the way somewhere, I stumbled onto... Jonathan Kahn's call for the return, and it resonated um, pretty deeply with me about I just wanted to go. I, I felt like that was something the Lord, um, his message was something that resonated with me, and I felt like it was something the Lord laid on my heart, and I asked him in prayer if I could go. So That's cool. um, Jeff had planned to go hunting that weekend, <laughs> he said... He didn't really want me going uh, without going with somebody. So just for support and safety and traveling, those sorts of things. So I couldn't find anybody. I asked pretty much everybody I could think of, including Anna. I mean, I asked everybody. No, I saw the text. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, really couldn't find anybody who was like, okay, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Um, So I just sort of told Jeff, I was like, I can't find anybody. And then, um, called uh, Pastor Scott about the thing they were doing on Saturday and asked mm-hmm. if it was the same event. And he said, well, actually, I'm leaving. We're going to go. And so I said, well, maybe I can tag on with them. And he surprised me. I don't know what the Lord confirmed with you because I already had confirmation to go ahead and go. I wasn't worried about it. Um, but Jeff said, well, let me pray about it tonight, and then I'll tell you in the morning. Um, you can get your tickets in the morning. And then he surprised me the next day. Well, so for me, I was, yeah, I was all packed up and ready to head off into the mountains, elk hunting. Um, And uh, 
I think we were both really convicted that, um, uh, you know, our nation's in deep trouble and um, things are really kind of spiraling in a dark direction and we're really at a kind of a pivotal crossroads in a lot of ways. Um, so I was praying the next morning. I just said, Lord, you know, um, give me a sign today. Um, speak to my heart. Um, maybe in my Bible reading this morning, um, or just just some way speak into my life in a way that I know that this is something that you want me to go, and I'll just bag the elk hunting stuff. And anyway, as I was jumping in the car that morning, um, <clears throat> I just flicked on the radio, was listening to a Christian station, and Billy Graham, um, he he's said, you know, my text for today is Second Chronicles seven fourteen. And he just said, you know, if my people who are who are called in my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. <clears throat> and you know, that's really what the return was, was based on. Yeah. Right. Um, and I was just super convicted at that point. Okay, Lord, this is clearly what you want from me. And even, you know, the, the context of that particular passage is, you know, the Lord is saying, you know, when I pass judgment on you by uh, sending a drought or sending a famine or pestilence or, or a plague. plague, you know, then, you know, this is what you need to do. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we just both felt like we had to be there. Um, I think, you know, what the media tends to show is, um, you know, just the people who are pretty hostile to our nation, hostile to people of faith, um, who are pursuing justice in a way that is more about kind of tearing things down and destroying people and unleashing hate. Um, you know, I think we were feeling like, you know, are God's people going to, you know, repent yeah. and come together and recognize that there's only one way out of this, and that is that our nation turned to Jesus. And so we figured, well, it looks like, you know, this is what this is all about. We need to be there. So even Cool. I like it. And, and you know that the Holy Spirit had to be involved to pull a man out of elk camp, right? And <laughs> yeah. Even this one people are Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Very good. Well, what was it like? Oh, so fun. I mean, we had a little bit of trouble the night before, um, but it ended up being a non-issue. We didn't know if Wyoming was on the no-fly list, and it was sort of questionable. Some things said it was something about, you know, and we ended up going. We got to go, and, um, man, it was cool. So we went Friday night to Jonathan Kahn's kind of opening. There were some testimonies and things that night, and then we were there all day Saturday, and there was actually two groups of people. Um, Franklin Grimes was on the Lincoln Memorial side, which is four miles from the Capitol, and in the middle is the Washington Monument, and then the uh, where Jonathan Collins was sort of in between the Washington Monument and the Capitol on the lawn. And it was... So Franklin Graham's thing was 12 to 2, and then Jonathan Collins was 24 hours. So it was, like, started Friday night, ended Saturday night. And um, 
we went predominantly for the return part, but tried to go <laughs> to Franklin Grounds as well. And you just couldn't get it anywhere near. I mean, you couldn't, like, it was, it was just, what did they estimate the number was? 100,000 Christians? I heard between 100 and 200,000. Yeah. So. I mean, it was four miles of Christians. Like, you, when you walked, it was four miles of, of people. And um, the the mood was very united. I'd say there was a lot of freedom, which was refreshing. And um, refreshing in the sense of, you know, not even... It was just, it was a feeling, I'd say, more than anything else, where you you were free to worship, free to pray, free to um, kind of commune with other believers. And honestly, as a person who's grown up in church, I it was really rewarding to see so many different denominations <laughs> represented. Yeah, every kind. I mean, I think when we were walking down to the Franklin Graham thing, there was a. 85-year-old, I mean, it's just an estimate lady with her walker just scooting towards them going to the prayer march. I mean, there were young people, really young people, uh, teenagers, college kids. Um, there were some guys wearing sackcloth. There was people with shofars. There were people with flags. There were normal, everybody, everybody, every believer you could think of. And to be kind of united in heart and mind, Understanding, we were all there for a similar purpose. I mean, it was solemn. He called it the whole time a solemn assembly. Um, it was, but there was a freedom there that was so refreshing and something I haven't felt in a really long time. Yeah, I I was struck too by. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it seems like our nation is intentionally so divided, mm -hmm. um, and there there were truly. Um, <clears throat> People of every, every race, color. Native Americans, African Americans, Asians, Hispanics, Indians, Catholics, Protestants, Protestants Ca I mean, charismatic nice. kids, college students, and everybody was there just uh, repenting, worshiping the Lord, kind of loving on each other, um, and, and that kind of coming together and uh, setting aside, you know, any kind of <clears throat> surface differences. Um, and just having that unity that was clearly all about being there in Christ and really of one mind in terms of uh, recognizing that our, our nation has gotten deeply off course and, you know, that God is a merciful God, but that he's not going to restrain the hand of judgment forever. Right. And so, you know, we just felt um, the spirit there, you know, of people who were really, you know, pretty clear that we don't have forever to kind of get our acts together as Christians. And we can't really expect, you know, that our secular brothers and sisters are going to step up and kind of understand what needs to be done because all this <clears throat> seems like foolishness in their eyes. Oh, totally. and they're not buying it. Um, and when you think about how, <clears throat> um, you know, uh, September 11th, you know, way back in 2001 was, I think, kind of a wake-up call by God. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a short, brief period of time where people were kind of flocking to the churches, but there was no real repentance. Um, and one of the things that Jonathan Kahn talked about was really how kind of the reaction of the leaders 
um, instead of kind of humility and turning to God, it was really about, well, we'll just build these towers up bigger and better than, than ever. And kind of this human pride, we can do it without God kind of reaction. Um, you know, that's not what is needed, you know, at a time like mm -hmm. this. And, you know, the sad thing is, you know, people flocked into the churches, but what they found there, uh, you know, there wasn't enough truth and substance and enough of the presence of the Lord there to keep them coming back. And so, you know, they went for a short while and then they just kind of went back to their old lifestyles. And so, you know, there was a wake up call, but no real change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been surprised actually with this thing, how little urgency oh, yeah, there has people. been. Honestly, if we look at what's went on and the amount of time that it's went on, and if we read the back of our Bibles and things like that, it would seem you would think that this whole thing would have a sense of urgency on God's people that honestly, I, I just don't know that we're seeing that. That was there. You could sense uh -huh. people in earnest. You could sense people deeply seeking the Lord. Um, I don't know anyone around us who wasn't just wholehearted in in their pursuit of prayer yeah, and worship. But I, I, I think I get what he's saying in that, you know, I think if oh, you're yeah, generally, just yeah. going through communities in general, yeah. you don't see that sense of urgency. I think people are kind of uh, worn down with the COVID. Um, they're um, hesitant to kind of speak up because of that attention they don't want to you know draw the the hostility that they might get if they're speaking up but um the people that we were surrounded with were i mean it was so cool we were on the the plane coming yeah, back and people way. were um you know reading psalms out loud on the plane praying, singing worship songs worship. praying um they were evangelizing yes. to people on the plane. Nice. Yes. And and it's the kind of thing that like, you know, they're like, okay, you know, I think Christians for a long time in this cultural battle have been kind of hesitant to speak up and they've been kind of busy with their lives, busy with their families, but maybe not on the front lines of the battle in a way that could have turned the tide and um, resulted in maybe things not deteriorating to the point they did deteriorated to. And one of the things that Jonathan Kahn pointed out that was not shocking, but just interesting, um, you know, so I think we're all aware of, you know, kind of one of the things that is just so grieved the Lord is, you know, that we've had 60 million abortions in this nation. And, and I think nothing touches his heart, like the shedding of innocent blood, but <clears throat> What Jonathan Kahn pointed out that I thought was really interesting was, <clears throat> um, I think we all know that it was 1973 when Roe versus Wade went through the Supreme Court kind of making uh, abortion the law of the land. But uh, he pointed out that it was in 1970 um, that the first two states sanctioned abort abortion, and they happened to be Washington State, which is where we got the first, you know, patient zero case of COVID. Um, and it was uh, 50 years almost to the date that that occurred. Mm -hmm. um, and the other state that got hit hardest yeah. was New York. Um, and, uh, you know, what they pointed out with, with that particular state is 
that the number of deaths peaked in that state on April 9th and 10th, which were Passover and Good Friday. So, wow. I mean, I think the Lord is trying to wake us up. He's um, And I'm just hoping that uh, enough of us have ears to hear um, that we will uh, really seek his face, repent, and uh, really kind of um, shift our lives around so that, you know, he's, um, first. he's first in yeah. all ways. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's, Jeff and I have been more and more and more and more and more in the last six months just trying to do and pursue that first, the spirit first, prayer first. You, know, you can't look around. You can't have faith in the systems around you. The plane was cool. That was cool because we, we were all going home to different places. None of us knew each other. And when that guy... <laughs> he said, I'm going to read a psalm for us. It was before. And then everybody kind of was reading various verses of the psalms. He did a big prayer. Everybody, what I can speak about that was the sense of levity that honestly, I realized so clearly we were laughing again. It wasn't worrisome. People were connected. One guy kind of asked, you know, are you guys all at the same church? And he goes, no, we're all from all over. He goes, wait a second, we are all at the same church. No, yeah. There's a big cheer. And it was, it was, uh, it was nice to laugh again, Try. Yeah. I mean, it's like the culture's been so heavy laden. And for that, it wasn't like we were there just laughing and laughing and laughing or whatever, but it was, <clears throat> we were there for a purpose, but it was nice to just be a child of the Lord surrounded by other believers. And the amount of prayer for as many different aspects of society was huge. I mean, you've got, I don't know, what, 100 to 200,000 people, people online. There are estimates of a million Christians from various connections kind of tapping into those things from the Billy Graham site, which totally crashed. You couldn't hear anything because the whole site crashed, their Facebook crashed. Their, I mean, it was just so many people. And it was over the government, the country, the judges, the rule of law, the constitution, the pastors, the churches. I mean, it just went all the way down. Husbands, fathers, children, wives, um, people affected by the COVID, the plagues themselves. I mean, it was everywhere you went on Franklin Gramstop, there was a difference. I, all day for 24 hours with, with uh, Jonathan Cons, there were sections and segments of various aspects of intercession. It's very powerful. I was really expecting we were going to run into some significant kinds of uh, encounters with Antifa and <laughs> some of those folks. Um, <clears throat> because, uh, you know, right across from the White House, there had been some pretty intense demonstrations and fires and they'd had to put up security barriers and um, we did not encounter any of that. Mm -hmm. We were, um, there was a very small group of kind of BLM protesters, mostly in their teens. Um, and they were, they, yeah, they looked like high schoolers basically. Um, and basically, you know, there were masses of us going by and people were just saying, we love you guys. We love you. Um, we love you. And Jesus they kind of looked just like confused, puzzled. Yeah. They were not expecting that at they all. They were gone by and, the time. And they didn't, they didn't say anything. They were just shocked. Um, and so they got a very loving response. And then we went sightseeing the next day to the White House to, uh, 
um, Lafayette Park, which is where um, Antifa had been doing really regular protests and getting super violent, burning things down and tearing down statues and uh, trying to really kind of um, do what they could to kind of assault the White House, really. Um, and basically when we were there, uh, there was a black pastor in there leading worship service. For 50 days. For 50 days straight. You know, he'd come from some uh, suburban community in Maryland and his wife was there, his kids were there, some other family members were there, um, and there were just people kind of flocking into this this worship service and this pastor service, and um, so that was just a really cool experience too, because I, I was fully expecting, you know, there to be some mm-hmm. people who had some hostile intentions coming our way, and um, you know, just kind of wondering how that might play out, but we didn't see that at all. It was like. Um, you know, the well, we kind yeah. of took over. I mean, honestly, everywhere you look, yeah, that's true. Everywhere you yeah. looked, it was just believe believe you could really tell, yeah. But at that at that spot, it it was palpable because the White House. I mean, it's. I think both of us went in when we were there. When we lived there, you couldn't get anywhere near it. Secret Service were everywhere, gates, walls everywhere. And I'm, I mean, I don't blame him, but. On the other side was where all the rides were the boarded up buildings, just profanity and horrible things spray painted all over the place. And in the middle, there's this park. And right in the middle is this guy just preaching it. And everybody coming by to worship, every age, every color. That was the most remarkable thing. It felt like a piece of heaven. Mm. Just all the believers there, mm-hmm. yeah. You even wonder what does it look like in the spiritual realm, just mm-hmm. even over that place and over mm-hmm. that park, and mm-hmm. and the, the spirits of darkness versus the spirit, you know, light and yeah. and angels and oh, all that cool stuff. You know, I mean, what's that look like? I want to, you know, see it. This, it was yeah. very nice taste. Yeah, <laughs> it's very good. I awesome. I think I kept wishing almost that we'd get more media attention because it really did blow this idea that people of different colors or races or ages or whatever just hate each other. That was not the case. There was tremendous unity of purpose, intense mind and heart. And it was a beautiful thing to see, a beautiful thing to experience. Mm. Yeah, isn't it funny that there was no media? Hardly. uh, Hardly. There was a picture in one of them saying, not all of these people are wearing masks. (laughs) <laughs> oh, there you go yeah it's like two hundred thousand yeah. people I, I mean it it was so many people the food yeah. lines were so long the bathroom lines were so long and um just just delightful to be there an opportunity for the media to report something positive yep and they they had no interest really right and I think that's a lot of, of really where we are, you know, I, I you know, I don't know exactly, but I, I just, I, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of good folks out there. And, and I think that, you know, the, that the media is putting all of this magnification on very small Percentage. percentages and groups and, and ideologies and, and focusing message. on it and making it feel to the rest of the world sometimes like this is just, it's just going on everywhere when really, really it's not. Well, and that did actually resonate deeply with how I felt. I don't know if that was part of how you felt, but it it was such a like, wow, there's a lot of us who really deeply care and genuinely 
love and, and genuinely want more and better. And there's, there's that, that feeling of you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's easy for us to feel kind of sequestered and isolated off. And I really think that is a tactic of the enemy to make you feel like you're the only ones praying, you're the only ones seeking, you're the only ones, you know, this isn't going anywhere. That's most definitely not the case. Great. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing with us. I mean, I'm convinced that, you know, that it doesn't matter what we do. It has to be birthed and bathed in prayer. And I think that God is really calling his church to pray. And I know that there are some, some are really called to pray and gifted and, and anointed in that area of prayer. And so, yeah, I want to encourage to everybody that, you know, we, we are doing a Zoom prayer call. Monday evenings at eight o'clock and we're every um, Wednesday afternoon at noon, basically we're either prayer walking through our community or we're meeting here at the church, depending on weather. So it's just opportunities to, um, to do that. Cause we can do prayer anywhere. That's the cool thing about prayer, right? Is it, it's, it goes out and very good. Anything you guys want to, any thoughts, anything we, you want to sum up with or, well, I, I was struck because, I mean, I think uh, things are still going to be tumultuous, but I really came away from that with a sense of peace um, that God is going to do something pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we were really praying for a revival, um, just a great awakening um, that is really going to kind of break down enemy strongholds mm-hmm. and convict hearts uh, um, of their sin and their need for a savior. And, you know, this idea that, you know, I think everybody out there wants justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order for there to be true justice and for it to be tempered with love, um, God's got to be at the center. It has to be. And so, um, you know, I really got the sense that the Lord is going to, you know, I think he's going to do some refining of his people in his church. Um, and sometimes that can be painful. Um, but I also think he's uh, prepared to move in power in a way that mm. um, uh, the kingdom of darkness is not going to be happy about. Yeah. You and know? honestly, that was, a, that was the same thing that resonated, especially the word awake. And um, awaken the bride, awaken the church, wake up. And I really, really think that's that's important. Um, and and I, I think the other part that he mentioned there was super significant. And it, it just, the feeling that God's not done with us yet, mm-hmm. and that when you take steps of faith, mm-hmm. he's he's actively moving and working and actively interested. He loves his people. He wants his people to talk to him. And mm. um, that feeling of being alive and that sense of hope in his plan, it just supersedes all the other stuff. I mean, part of the reason I think there was no major activity that night is there's just too many. Yeah, right. There's just too much light, too much bright, too much happy, too much joy. Right. Nothing good would have come. Right. And and it it... it reinforced to me that there really is freedom in the Lord. There really is light in the Lord. There really is hope in the Lord and that darkness really does flee. Mm. And I don't think we felt that for a long time. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I just really want to encourage people to, uh, you know, not just seek the Lord, but now's really the time to kind of st- stand up because I think battle lines are being formed. And for too long, I think Christians have just kind of watched from the sidelines and kind of seen how things have unfolded. Um, and, you know, the fact that only 50% of Christians have historically kind of been involved in the voting process and just not been involved in the kinds of things that have really moved our direct our, our nation in a very kind of dark direction, um, you know, in our founding fathers who wrote the Constitution said, hey, you know, this is only going to work for a moral people. Right. And right. so if we take righteousness out of the public square <laughs> and there aren't godly men and women who are willing to stand up in a sacrificial way, um, you know, then that, that would be very problematic. So I just want to encourage people to, um, you know, be brave, be mm-hmm. bold, be loving, um, but don't hang back. I mean, now is the time to be all in for the Lord and whatever he's calling you to do in your individual lives and calling the church to do as part of, I think the church is, you know, one of the things the Lord's going to do is, you know, all these kind of denominational kinds of splits and arguments over silly things, you know, that stuff is going to have to fade away and that's going to be a good thing. It will. So you guys weren't arguing theology at this at this no, uh, prayer time. No. <laughs> yeah. We did encounter some unusual things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. 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 Like, okay. That was new to me. Okay. Huh? Yeah. Was, you know, hey. like you, if you would say "Amen," that was. <laughs> there it went, huh? <laughs> nice. It okay. was very exciting. Yeah. In that way, very yeah, freeing. It was, it was a mountaintop kind of yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was super cool. Cool. Very I good. agree with Jeff and just want to emphasize to to press in faith. So, you know, the Lord isn't done with his people. He does speak. He does move. He does and fill people with his spirit. He will answer prayers. And I think part of the sleepiness of the ride has to do with sort of a, a tendency for the enemy to make uh, people afraid of their own walk. Mm-hmm. So afraid to just enter into that quiet chamber, afraid to encounter God, and afraid to turn their, their hearts over to let go of stuff, to talk to them about real things. And, um, boy, they do themselves such a disservice. I mean, I, I really think of the churches in, in the book of Revelation when it talks about the kind of church that we have for, they have a form of faith but deny its power. Mm-hmm. And I see that so, so often where we don't actually believe the Lord will do anything. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes a lot of uh, superficial rites or efforts and it's not that they're ill-intended. It's not that their heart is bad. It's not that they're misled. It's not that the Lord isn't pleased with them. It just keeps them at arm's length. And I would really encourage people to just jump in, to just jump in the water, do mm-hmm. the weird thing he asked you to do, and don't worry about it. It's it's kind of like, so okay, so maybe you make a mistake. He's very pleased with your steps of faith. He rewards steps of faith. And the more steps of faith that you take, the more steps of obedience and faith that you take in love and in devotion and in kindness and in courage, he, he just in, empowers and blesses his people when he wants to. And it's, mm. I think, imperative that people start to take that very seriously. So 
um, not just lose their fear of man, not just lose their feeling of being kind of afraid to offend. Obviously, we don't need to be jerks. Obviously, we need to be loving people. Um, but I really think if they would just dive in and encounter the Lord, the presence of his sweetness, his kindness, his amazingness and amazing ability to transform things, they will not be disappointed. And, and that, I think, is where freedom starts. I don't think you can have freedom. I don't think you can have unity. And I don't think you can really love your enemy without that. Mm. I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Human nature has tried its best without the Lord for many, many a decade. Right. And is failing short. And there's no man-made solution here. There's not a solution we can come to where we somehow make this right. It's just a big mess, and he's the only one who's going to be able to fix it. Isn't it funny how all of the things that we tend to um, turn to and trust in and believe in have practically just been removed from us in this time? It's like they're not even options right now. And and so it's like God is taking these things away and saying, yeah, look at me. Yeah. You got to look at me. And I think I'm with you guys. I really appreciate the encouraging um, thoughts to all of us. You know, we, uh, I think it's exciting times. It's tumultuous times and it's going to continue to be that. I I don't think it matters who wins the presidency. We are in for some interesting times. And, 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 but as the church, I think we should be excited about that because I think that complacency and and Christianity as usual is not what we want to go back to. We we don't want to go back to the way it was. No. Um, we, we want to move forward into something new and that's what God is doing. God is not looking back. God is not looking back on the past with, um, uh, you know, with, with just eyes of, Oh, if, if it were just like it used to be, I, I don't think that's gonna no, God is, God is not, uh, what's the word for that when we're, uh, he, he, he's just not looking backwards. He's moving forward in this. And I think wants to take us and his church into a new place. Mm-hmm. So, said his faith is breathtaking. There we go. His pace is hard to keep up with. Yeah. And every time you think you've arrived, he's 20 steps ahead. Yeah. And I find that the only solution there is just to say, okay, where are we going? Yeah. Because he can't, he, he won't accommodate the sentiment of, yesteryears yeah and whatever that is and if we'll just get on it's the most amazing ride <laughs> that we any of us could ever take so much more fulfilling and better than anything that we think and try to shove into that spot and say oh this would do it none of it compares no so amen so cool thanks for coming today i really appreciate you guys coming and helping us kick off uh our podcast because we're going to do this uh, regularly and hopefully more and more regularly and I'm excited about it so thanks so much for coming thank you for joining us we hope you found this podcast informational uplifting and inspiring please join us next time and until we meet again be blessed if you'd like more information about the Rock Church of the Bighorns please visit our website at www.bighornrock.com